District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. Here on the podcast, we have talked at great length about the current battle of defunding school archery and hunting programs. We're really lucky and fortunate to have one of the House Republicans that is leading the effort to restore funding for these critical programs, Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee, to give us a status update on what is happening. So, Congressman Green, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, District of Conservation, today. Well, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Could you tell me what led you to introduce your bill to restore funding? Do you have a connection to the outdoors? You thought it would be you know, egregious to not see this program or these programs continue without funding. So what led you to respond to the Biden administration's moves here? Well, I think it's a combination of things for me. Uh, you know, they they seized on an opportunity and previously passed legislation to try to uh, basically strip hunter safety, hunting courses at archery programs from schools. And, uh, you know, I just uh, one, I do have a connection with hunting. I, I grew up hunting with my father and that heritage is very important to me. I've passed it on to my kids fishing as well. Um, and, you know, I, I first saw this as an assault on Second Amendment rights because they want to do everything they can to to take away those rights from law abiding citizens. But I also saw it as, uh, you know, a foolish attempt because it, you know, a lot of these hunter safety programs actually teach young people how to appropriately handle firearms and, and firearm safety and things like that. So it it sort of was a self-defeating effort on their part. But at the same time, you know, it was a part of their bigger scheme to get rid of to get rid of guns in general. But um, and then, of course, for me, protecting uh, the heritage of hunting, um, I think, is is just something that it is a person's right. But also it's very special. You know, I, I, when, I when I go hunting with my my boys, they, they both love to hunt. It's uh, some of the best time that we get together. Uh, and I want to protect that for every every Tennessean. This impacted about fifty thousand Tennessee students, and so it just it's it's not it's not right. And and so we quickly acted, and uh, looks like it's had an impact. It has had an impact in the upcoming school year, especially as kids uh, K through twelve go back to school, um, as they have in the preceding weeks, and then the coming weeks, of course, if they're starting school in September. And like you mentioned, this stems from the so-called Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And did you expect the bill to be as far-reaching as this to include the stipulation to deem school archery and hunting programs as maybe enhancing or emboldening the usage of dangerous weapons, which is what they took issue with and subsequently led to defunding the programs with that? Yeah, no one, I think, even even Democrats, I, I spoke to some Democrats who thought this this was never the intention of the bill. Um, I, I voted against the bill anyway. But, um, yeah, it uh, it it pretty ridiculous, uh, you know, how they've expanded it to include this um, some some oversight in the exact wording of the bill. But anyway, 
that this uh, it has to be stopped. And there are Democrats who agree that this is in fact, I, I think my bill will be the one brought forward just in discussions with the leadership. And we think there'll be Democrats who support the bill. It should be a bipartisan effort because many represent rural areas or suburban areas where these programs are offered. Uh, hunting should be a bipartisan issue, although we have seen federally uh, that is not the case sometimes, uh, especially from the administrative state uh, with some of the rulemaking being handed down. But I know congressional Democrats tend to say that they're in support of hunting and fishing, and, and most of them are, uh, but sometimes they're a little inconsistent. Uh, but you had mentioned specifically about restoring the bill. So why do you think your bill versus, let's say, the one that Claudia Tenney and some other of your colleagues are presenting uh, would make more or get more movement rather? Well, I think mine protects federalism, you know, the, the state's rights a little bit. It's a cleaner bill, uh, and it focuses, of course, the, on the federal side of the funding piece for Title IX money, but it it you know, leaves a lot of discretion to the states And because um, you know, I'm very much a federalist, states' rights kind of guy. So what I don't want to do is in, infringe on those. So we focus purely on the federal side of this thing. Um, and I think that's probably why uh, my bill will get, you know, will be the one that's brought forward in committee. I don't know that for certain, but I have had conversations with Virginia Fox. And at least at this point, I think they're thinking about using my bill instead of the others. What impact do you think this move has had so far? You said, obviously, Tennessee students, that number is pretty gargantuan when you think of it. It's not a small number. Uh, that's probably a huge chunk of students that partake in these outdoor activities. But if if this were to not be restored, what implications do you think it'll have on the hunting heritage and even teaching kids about school archery and safe shooting sports activities? Well, you know, there are a lot of kids who don't get to interact with firearms at home. When they get into these programs, they learn firearm safety. One of those kids goes over to someone else's home that, that where there is a gun. They've now been informed on, you know, how to how weapons need to be handled safely. So I think. I think this, you know, propagates from a health standpoint, uh, good information to students who maybe don't, don't get trained by their parents. Um, so that's, that, that's a good thing. And if we remove it, we, we take that away. Um, and, you know, that's, that's just one. And then there are a lot of kids, you, you know, particularly children who don't grow up with the heritage of hunting, who, who get involved in these programs. And then it starts a new heritage for that family. Uh, so depriving people of that, I think is a huge loss. I know that the, the, the relationships I have with my, my son specifically, but my son-in-law also, um, are enhanced by what we do when we go out together and hunting. You know, when I grew up, my father would take us to, or take me to a, a local cafeteria. We, you know, like a little meet and three and we'd, We'd have breakfast together, just the two of us, like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. And then we'd go out and hunt for the day. And it was just incredible bonding over the, the action of hunting. And, um, you know, we, there are too many distractors now on the, on, on our relationships with our kids. And so removing hunting, I mean, when you're sitting in a duck blind next to your kid, there's, they're not playing video games and they're not distracted and you're getting some great one-on-one -on -one time. So I just, I love hunting as a sport. And I, I think any disruption of that's bad for the country, bad for uh, families, bad for uh, of course the heritage of hunting. Do you worry that some regulators, whether it's the department of education or even some in 
Department of Interior, they're wanting to divorce, let's say, future generations from these traditional sporting activities. Is, is that a concern for you as well? Uh, of course. I mean, they want they want to get rid of guns in general. So they have a, a an agenda and they're operating off that agenda and they'll attack at any point where they can where they can do that, whether it's restricting you know, in some states that have le- leaned to the Democrat side, they're restricting access to hunting in, in public lands. So that's one attack front. Attacking these schools that have programs like this is another attack point. What the ATF is doing with gun dealers is an attack point. What they're doing with uh, short barrel rifles and now with resaling uh, weapons, it's all a concerted effort to undo the Second Amendment. They hate that part of the Constitution. And they'll do anything and everything they can to limit it. And that this is just a small part of it. And while the Second Amendment doesn't guarantee hunting, you are very familiar, I have no doubt, about the connection that there is actually uh, with respect to Pittman-Robertson funds. And do you worry that if these activities, let's say, don't have future participants to continue the cycle of funding, would that erode Pittman-Robertson? I know right now it doesn't sound like a big impact, but I think it could have you know, downstream major effects down the road if this you know, one little little uh, issue is disrupted. I think it could have a ricochet effect of unseen proportions. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I agree with you. But I, w- I will just point to a cl- uh, make a point about the hypocrisy of the left on this. You've got the president arguing about decreasing magazine size, saying that, oh, you don't need a 10 round magazine to hunt deer and then turning around and canceling education programs for deer hunting. So it's it's the most uh, it's incredible hypocrisy and it shows their real intentions. And that is to undo the Second Amendment. That's certainly at the core of it. And I think similarly erode the hunting heritage, leaning in on these very, I would say, extreme groups to petition them to to be able to change rulemaking. Have you had any conversation um, and even other members of the Education and Workforce Committee? Have you talked to people at the Department of Education? Have you leaned on your Democratic colleagues to maybe sway their allies in the administration to reverse course here? Have, have those conversations happened or no? Yes, I had a conversation with one Democrat. I don't know if he turned around and called the administration, but it's very interesting. You know, we got very loud on this. And, uh, and again, uh, very intriguing to me, the 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 press I've gotten out of this has been some of the greatest I've gotten since I've been in Congress. So this really hit a nerve across the country from Maine to Texas to Alaska. Um, and I think that groundswell has resulted now the education department saying, wait a minute, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, sit down and work with Congress to come up with language that, that, you know, saves these programs. So I, you know, I feel like that's a result of, of just, Everybody in America getting loud over this, Democrat colleagues, as well as, you know, just average citizens across the country. One organization that I work with, Independent Women's Voice, which is an offshoot of Independent Women's Forum, we were very proud to put a letter in support of yours and Congressman Rich Hudson's bill. And and we liked the language there about restoring funding. So you have, I think, widespread support there among different types of groups. Uh, Congressman, if people want to learn more about the bill and perhaps urge their lawmakers to support it or perhaps um, sway the administration to change course here and restore funding, what would you recommend they do? I think just calling your congressman and and then sharing articles about it on social media just to continue to build the the sort of groundswell that will be necessary to to change their mind. Um, but yeah, I call your congressman and 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 share the uh, share the in, the messaging.
If my listeners want to follow your efforts here and connect with you on social media, where would you like to send them to? Yeah, we, my Twitter, um, and I have to, I have to pull them up. Um, but, um, yeah, probably my, my Twitter, the best one is just at rep Mark green. And that's, yeah, I'll defer listeners to connect with you there. Congressman green. If there's any, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so is there anything else you want to say before we conclude our interview together? No, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Great questions. And, uh, thanks for the support. Anytime. Uh, and come back on. If you have a positive update, we would love to have you back on again on the program. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. If you enjoyed what you heard today, go leave us some reviews on Apple and Spotify or wherever podcasts are played. Your feedback will help us reach more people. And I love to know what is on your mind after each episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat or a guest announcement because that is our way of updating all of you listeners. And we have just hit a thousand followers on Instagram for the podcast account. Thank you very much. And if you have any guest suggestions or topics you want to hear on the show, I'm all ears. I would love to hear your feedback there. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.